Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the steelcurtain.com with you for a victory Sunday post-game podcast right here on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. The Steelers win 19-13 to in a crazy game with the Tennessee Titans at Heinz Field. If you're noticing on Facebook or on YouTube, there's only two of us because big, big Dave Schofield was at the game. Hopefully you checked out on our podcast platform and on our YouTube channel some video from him there from section 122 but uh we still have brian anthony davis what's up what's up brian what do you think jeff i am so excited and i know not everybody loves this but i have got to share my thoughts in song so steelers win steelers win it's christmas time in steel city that's good i like that I like that rendition a lot. We should probably record that. Maybe you can talk to <laughs> Kyle Kreiss and get some. Uh, and <laughs> get some he cool can video. he can help you out there or something. Get get some. But honestly, Brian, knee jerk reactions. We talked a little bit about this before uh, we went on the air. What were you thinking throughout this game? Talk about a tale of two halves. Talk about a really crazy up and down game. I'm so used to the first half being like this, and I'm so used to even even going back to a couple days after Christmas last year when they played the Colts and came back in the second half, it seems like they're just going to come out on the second half and force mistakes and end up getting themselves in a position to win. So I know everybody wants the four quarters and I know anybody could call the BS card on me, but I thought they were going to win this entire game. I mean, I can't say that. Uh, to be honest, I cannot say that I was with you there. Uh, I never saw the Steelers shutting out the Titans in the second half. I mean, think about that. They were up 13-3 to three at halftime. The Steelers come roaring back, score 19 points. And we're going to talk about this every which way. So those of you that are just joining us, we're like, oh, what did they talk about yet? We haven't talked about anything. We do have uh, a super chat to get up here. Chris G gives us $2. He's re-signed Hayden, the INT in game-winning hit and tackle. Was that play ruled a fumble or was that ruled an interception, Brian? Do you know? I can check the stat line, but I want to know if you knew off the top of your head. I think it ended up being an interception, but 
I'm not sure what the, uh, I mean, it kind of looked like a fumble, but if he, since he's not down and he made a move, I kind of thought it was a fumble. So now I don't even know anymore. ESPN has only one listed interception and that was Joe Schobert. So that okay. means that they would have ruled that a fumble and a fumble recovery for Joe Hayden. Uh, but still, a great game. Great to have him back. Let's get a couple more uh, super chats up here. Tom Muir gives us $7. Here we go. Steelers. Here we go. A dollar for each win. Omar needs to pay Joe his money. Ah, that's a tough call because Joe's getting up there in age. We'll put it that way. And he's been hurt a lot this season. Uh, another super chat. Jeb Corp gives us five something. I'm not sure what that is. Cardiac kids. And those are pounds. Hey, thanks. Jeb. <laughs> he <answered> the question <laughs> for you. <laughs> He knew how stupid I was. So he's like, I'll just put it in there for you so you can read it. There you go. Jeff and international currency aren't always uh, on the same page. Jeff and a lot of things are not always on the same page. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Arthur Steele gives us $1.99. Since Scobro's winning streak continues. That's right. I forgot about that one. Big Bro Rich and, and Little Bro Dave are at the game sitting side by side. The Steelers have not lost. Um, so here we have a game where the Steelers are, like I said, just – up and down, really struggling uh, offensively in the first half. We're going to talk about the offense here in a second. We're going to look at the, um, we're going to look at things. But Brian, let me ask you this question: Could you give me any winner or game ball for someone on offense? Anyone? Maybe. Well, I know you don't count Chris Boswell on offense. Um, if you're going to come close to doing that, I would probably give it to Ben Roethlisberger just for the engineering of just, just not blowing up the field goal attempts. But if anything, maybe, maybe you give it to the offensive line. Ah, that's tough. It's tough. It's really tough to give this any game ball or any props really to anyone on offense. The, the offense struggled to, to do much. Well, we'll put it that way. Uh, let's get another super chat here. Robert Robles gives us four ninety nine and says, do you guys have any idea why Ben Roethlisberger BTR sat down on the steps randomly? Hashtag team bad. Brian, we talked about this. Before we went in the air. What are your thoughts on that? That was a really interesting. Everyone saw it. CBS. This was after the quarterback sneak. Uh, he's got his sweatpants on. He goes down into the tunnel and you're thinking, Oh crap, here we go. And it just shows him sitting down on the steps and then he's back on the sideline. Brian, what were your thoughts? You know, you originally had your own thought on that. Mine was at first, I, just the emotion in it for Ben. And it looked like he was just collecting his thoughts. You know, when you're coming towards the end of the career, I mean, everybody's talking about the fact that this could be his last regular season. Actually, one of his last games, not his last game, because they still play again. But he might be winding down, you might think. And he was just so in the moment at that time that he wanted to go in and just sit on the steps and reflect and maybe cry, maybe just be filled with emotion that, uh, and, and maybe it was just, uh, maybe he was talking to, <laughs> talking to a higher power. I don't know what yeah. he was doing. Well, we know Ben's a religious guy. Maybe he was, I also thought maybe he was concerned about Pat Fryermuth. It was Pat Fryermuth that left the game with a pretty nasty concussion. And Ben was right there and they have, they have a connection, uh, both on and off the field. He and Pat Fryermuth, their lockers are next to one another, so maybe that was it. I don't know. Very interesting uh, scene, though, and I'm sure one that he'll be asked about when he talks to the media on Wednesday. 
Tyler W gives us five dollars. Says, "Hey fam, had a great time with the Scobros, breathing in that sweet smell of victory." Uh, Tyler got to obviously meet the Scobros. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's really awesome. Wilson Pava gives us four ninety nine. He says, "Run a thirty minute practice before the game, then lie to the offense and tell them it's the second half of kickoff." <laughs> <laughs> And then he says, the Ben thing shows he's done this year. Ah, sometimes I feel like we're reading into things too much. And part of me hates that CBS even caught that moment. Like, I, I hate that, that that was even caught. You know what I mean, Brian? Does that make yeah. sense? Like, give the guy some privacy. He's obviously looking for it. Like, what? you know what I mean? It, it, it's absolutely not Ben showing off for the cameras because he got away from the cameras for that. And I got to tell you, it is going to be an iconic image especially if the Steelers do something really special this year. But that might be one of the images that you just don't forget. There was an image at the end of last season that we wanted to forget, but it was him sitting on the bench by himself and then with Pouncey. And it was something that you've seen a lot. And I think that was just something that he was trying to avoid, but he was just, I mean, when you're over, you know how it is when you're overpowered with, happy emotions or any kind of emotions and you want to sit down and you want to just reflect and just breathe it all in that might have been what he was doing like i said i don't know i don't know but let's i'll tell you what let's get into the numbers let's get into the stat line let's talk about ben roethlisberger he finished with the following stat line 16 of 25 148 yards 5.9 averages no touchdowns except for one rushing no interceptions was sacked three times for an 80.1 rating Brian, we're not giving out grades here, but if you were to talk about Ben Roethlisberger's game, happy, indifferent, what is it? The W makes you happy. If there was an L attached, we'd probably be complaining. But with, with that whole thing, he did enough for the Steelers to win that game. He was able to control it enough for them to get the field goals, not make the mistakes when they were in range to get knocked out. So you're taking the win, but this is not anything you're going to put on his hall of fame resume. No, no, not at all. I think that when you think about Roethlisberger's performance, um, you see this from Ben, especially late in his career when he does not have time early in the game. If he is pressured, you get this Ben with he's, he's not willing to sit in the pocket. He's not ready to take those shots. Then you throw a defender rolling up on his knee. He's even less likely to sit there and take that shot. And so early on in this game, when the Steelers kind of struggled, to keep the to keep the pressure off of him, you you knew that this was going to happen. You kind of got those the, you know the happy feet at times. Um, I, I can't stand Tony Romo, but uh, <laughs> he was honestly did all oh, Ben should have done this. Ben, like, well, you're up in there in a heated booth. That's really easy for you to say there, Tony. Thanks for the input, but still, I thought Ben played a, a decent game. No one on offense, like we said earlier, no one on offense impressed um, at all. Period. I, it, you, we're going to go through the entire list here you'll be hard pressed to find a player that really showed out in any way, shape or form. Let's go through this now. So Ben, uh, it's 25 attempts, 16 completions. That's, that's not great. That's not mine. And then here it gets even worse. The Steelers, Najee Harris, 12 carries for 18 yards, a 1.5 average. They rushed 17 total times for 35 yards, a 2.1 average. They did have uh, a rushing touchdown with Ben Roethlisberger. The longest run was a 10-yard run to Deontay Johnson. Uh, Brian, uh, th this was really bad. The, the running game for the Steelers, I felt like this was almost like a season low in terms of not just production, but just overall, you know, 
how capable are you to even muster anything on the ground? What are your thoughts on the running game? So this is the first time I've done this all season. I'm going to say Najee Harris had a bad game today. Yeah. And it sure did not have a lot of holes, but the stuff he was trying to make out of nothing. And even when, when he was turning around, he was running backwards. It just did not look like a good game for two, two today, but I'm not, he's still, he's still that guy that is just a pounder. He's going to go ahead and he'll come up next week, really fired up to try to race this game because he's a competitor. I absolutely love him, but I'm not giving him i I'm, I'm not putting him anywhere near a game ball today. I'm putting him on the dud list today. Wasn't a good game. And definitely you saw him. Well, I'll be honest. It looked like he was in Alabama playing against some, you know, really crappy college team. And he's like, well, the hole's not there in the middle. So I'm just going to bounce this outside and I'll have a big 25 yard gain and run out of bounds and everything will be great. Well, you can't do that in the national football league. And you can't do that against a defense like Tennessee. They're really good tackling their rally tackling tackling group. Look, if Tennessee is upset about this loss, it's not because of the defense. It's because of the offense and their inability to hold on to the football. So when you think about this game, no. I think you hit the nail right on the head. Najee Harris did not play well. We love him to death, but he didn't play well. And there was a shot of him during that last drive by Tennessee. The cameras went to Najee on the sideline. And he's sitting there, and he looks absolutely disgusted. And I would guess that he's probably disgusted with himself. Uh, just really bad play. You saw on some screen passes, he was not where he's supposed to be. Uh, just, it just wasn't good. It just wasn't good. You're going to have those games. We, we've talked about how this kid has been pro ready since he stepped onto the field and he had a setback. It, this was not a good game for him, but still, nonetheless, they find a way to win. We'll put it that way. Now we're getting ready to talk about the pass catchers. It's important. I put up this uh, super chat here. Bennett Brandon King gives us a dollar 99 says Muth holds on while unconscious made up for last week. I guess if you want to look at it that way, that's fine. But I mean, uh, Pat Fryermuth is as tough as they come. If you haven't figured that out yet, I mean, I think it was a pass, a reception he had uh, in the first half where he caught it, made two guys miss, trucked another guy. Just Pat Fryermuth is going to be a really good tight end for the Steelers for a really long time. But let's talk about the pass catchers again. They only they only had 148 yards receiving. Deontay Johnson led the team with five catches on five targets for 38 yards. Fryermuth four catches on four targets for 37. James Washington, three for uh, 36 on five targets. Gentry, one for 17. It's a big play by the big guy. Um, and Chase Claypool, zero catches on two targets. What are your thoughts about the pass catchers here, Ryan? The only thing that I can say about Claypool on that one was, I mean, yeah, it was a pass interference, which he, he may have caught that ball in the end zone. So that PI, that, that, uh, that took possibly a catch away from him, but nobody was spectacular. I did love the Gentry just after Muth goes out, Gentry comes in. And did you notice Gentry walking back to the huddle? Just sort of like this. I mean, he, <laughs> he was, he was like, yeah, that's right. And you know, Muth's out. I'm coming in. I'll take care of business. And you kind of felt that way, but yet nothing absolutely spectacular on offense the whole day. And like I said, I didn't even think the, the offensive line was good, but I, I said, if you're going to give a game ball, maybe you give it to them because there was nobody to give it to. But the receivers know Washington, a little disappointed with that turnover from Washington. You know, turnaround, I know he was trying to make something out of nothing. Um, he did have, he did make up for that a little bit later, but it was still enough to win this game. 
Thankfully, that Washington fumble was negated by that pat that roughing the passer call against Roethlisberger, where the guy caught him low, uh, and it was a penalty. Romo somehow yeah. was trying to defend the defender, but I don't know. Yeah, no, um, when you go after knees, <laughs> yeah, that's it's no thanks. That's going to be a call every time. But still, I mean, when you look at the pass catchers, I didn't see a game like this. Was just the offense was just so inept at times, and this in this includes the second half uh, when how many times did how many times did they get a turnover and they, 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 the Steelers offense was unable to even put a first down and string together a first down, a series, anything. And then Chris Boswell comes in and kicks a field goal. At least two of the four I can think of that happened. And that's not good football. This offense has some huge questions to answer in terms of what they're thinking and play calling and things like that. Uh, based on the fact that, and I don't know, you're not going to get those answers this year. Heck, we're going into week 16 against the Kansas City Chiefs. If you don't know it by now, you're not going to know it. That's my personal philosophy. And so uh, when I look at the pass catchers, because that's what we're talking about here, there's not a, a, this isn't Chase Claypool last week where there was a boneheaded play or a drop. Yeah, he had a drop on a screen, but my goodness, it probably was going to go for three yards anyways. But still, uh, there are certain situations where you, you just find yourself scratching your head. I want to get this up on the screen here first. Justin Gall gives us 499. This is great win. Watt, Hayden, and Boswell game balls. Yeah, those three definitely would be on the list for sure. Um, okay, let's talk about the offensive line here, Brian. Again, they only gave up three sacks to Ben. However, when I look at the Titans quarterback, it's only three. So I guess pass protection was better than I thought, but that running game was just atrocious. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the offensive line? <sighs> Here I go again. It's good enough to win, Jeff. You know, they're uh, they're not going to get it completely figured out this season either. But as long as they don't break down like they did in the first half against the Minnesota Vikings, that they're going to give this team and Ben Roethlisberger opportunities to win this game. They weren't, I mean, the holes weren't open for Najee. Najee wasn't doing much when holes were open. Uh, it just seemed like it was an off game on offense. And I think this is what we need to expect now for the remaining games of the season and God willing the playoffs, if that happens, you know, so you've got to expect an ugly team. And, you know, I mean, we talked about, are there such thing as an ugly win? No, it's a win. It's a beautiful win. Yeah. Beautiful. Crazy. Beautiful pretty ugly. You know, that's, that's really what it's got to be for the rest of the season. And that's the identity of this team. This is an identity that is made out of a team that is not going to make any highlight reel. They're just going to make it happen. And they found a way to make it happen. Yeah. And in, in this offensive half of the podcast is kind of dull because there's not much to talk about. I mean, they scored one touchdown and that was a Ben Roethlisberger quarterback sneak. It took two of them. They eventually got it, which by the way, I think Najee Harris got the ball over the plane on first down on that first and goal after the clay. I board. thought he did too. I, that I, second reach. Now my wife adamantly disagrees, but I, uh, you know, she's the football expert in the family. I'll take her. <laughs> I'll trust her judgment. But <laughs> I know your wife. I, I tell you what, I will trust her judgment too. Yeah, I mean, she married me. Why wouldn't you? But yeah, still. Absolutely. <laughs> so still, I want to talk about Matt Canada. Uh, the play calling was, again, we'll say questionable at best. Uh, when you think about this game in retrospect, happy and different, what do you think about the play calling? 
I did not love the play calling at all in this game. I, I just thought it seems like the scripted plays at the beginning of the game, throw away the script. You know, seriously, if this is what you're going to get every single game and you're going to get three and outs, it wasn't a three and out the, the first drive because right. they had that, that first down right away. But if, if you're just going to be punting, and bringing in Presley Harvin, who that's another conversation that we're going to probably have to have. Little but, press, by the way. I can talk about him now. Little press. Little press. All right. So uh, <laughs> he's Elvis on the toilet for me right now. But, um, you, you know, with just with this whole situation, I, if this is what Matt Canada's working up and the whole Bill Walsh thing of 1978 and on that, that became so beautiful with the scripted plays... I just don't think you've got a good script. This isn't, this isn't like NCIS. This isn't like a special victims unit. This is cop rock. It's really bad. Throw that script away, Jeff. It's horrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cop rock. Okay. So I think I've, what I'd like to do is if I could go back and watch the game again, and maybe I'll have someone like Jeffrey Benedict looked into this. I want to see the Steelers' success, or should I say failures, on second down. How many times, Brian, did you see them maybe run for three? Maybe they do a jet sweep run for a couple yards, and it was second down that killed the Steelers. Negative run. Remember the awkward, incomplete pass? That Remember that shovel pass on the first drive? Like after the pass to Deontay Johnson, it was second down when yeah. they – it was like, what, what, what in the heck was that? That was sad. I believe that was a second down play. I think second downs killed this Steelers team. And if you're that, if, if it's that noticeable to me, I am not a football expert. I am not an X's and O's guy, but if I'm sitting on the couch, like, boy, this offense just sucks on second down. Then tell me that other teams aren't going to know that as well. Uh, Matt Canada has a lot of learning to do. I'll put it that way. It's called a spade a spade. He is a first time play caller in the national football league. Uh, for those that are wondering, I don't think he gets fired after this season. Brian, do you agree? Nice. I absolutely agree. I don't think he's going to get fired either, but something's going to change. And it might just have to be the growing pains of not having your guys in there. Yeah, no, that's right. And and they gave Randy Feetner a second season. They can give Matt Canada a second season for crying <laughs> loud. They gave, man, that second season and the third season seemed like like 70 seasons. <laughs> my gosh i was praying for guys like uh ray sherman and kevin gilbride and, oh don't uh, say that that was bad ron too. Earhart. <laughs> steel dog 88 gives us five dollars it seems ben lost trust in claypool after the drop on the screen targeted washington more afterwards now i don't know how, what the leash is like for um you know I don't, I don't know what the leash is like for chase claypool at this point but might maybe a good point tom here gives us a two dollars did you mean short press no, little press because it's 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 the opposite of big, big little and big. It's not big press. He looks awful. We're gonna talk Actually, about special. Go ahead. I'm just calling it depress. <laughs> That's a good one, depress. <laughs> I'm uh so hey, I want to talk. We have about uh, ten minutes or so left in the first part. Offense, there's really not much to talk about other other than what we've already talked about. Uh, for me, I want to ask you about the officiating. There were some there were some plays in this game where I and I, it's like this every game every time I watch any NFL game where I'm like oh my gosh did, well, how did they make that call it's almost like when the the running back was down on the ground and then Cam Hayward comes up with the ball and they give the Steelers the ball You're like, what play are you watching he was clearly down 
Nothing was more egregious than the spot on that fourth down pass, fourth and six, that Joe Hayden comes up, tackles the player at least a yard short of the stick, and they end up giving they end up measuring, and it's this close. It's this close. For those that are listening on podcast form, I can't have my fingers closer without touching uh, each other. And so it's like, what in the world is that? Brian, talk about the officiating in this game. I thought it was subpar. I thought there were situations where if I were the Titans, I'd be angry. If I were the Steelers, I was definitely going to be angry. And What would the Titans have to be angry about? You know what? That that interception very easily could have, I mean, not the interception, the fumble very the easily, it very with his shin. And they were oh, talking about it at the game. end. Here we go. Shin so, game. I mean, very, I mean, <laughs> that's what they're going to be complaining about. And I think there's something else that they could complain about too. Um, but with every, that was a horrible spot. Absolutely. And I, Beyond horrible. I, I just like, I couldn't believe it. And I, I think there was another, situation where they got the first down just by the, when they got the first down by the nose i thought that was a bad spot yep that, that should have been i mean two spots were really bad and i was surprised that the flag wasn't thrown on that for me it's i always say it, it's a billion dollar industry they use sticks and chains to measure and 95 year old men to watch when where the football is in a scrum of 22 individuals yeah like i think there's nothing to question here like the ben roethlisberger qb sneak how in the heck did they have any idea where that football was that's one of those where hey balls over the line touchdown yeah that's i don't know wilson pava gives us dollar 99 says canada isn't at beatner levels bad yet not even close um i agree with that i don't think he's at, at that anyways but uh, the, the roughing passer, you know, on they, everyone talks about the roughing passer on Ben. What about the fact that, you know, you think about the, the other hit on Ben that wasn't called on the RPO. And then there was Chase Claypool on the drop screen. He clearly drops the ball. Guy comes over and pops him. I said this on Twitter. I said, last week, Chase Claypool pushed a guy's face mask with his finger, and he gets a 15-yard flag. They're out there popping guys late. I, hey, that's what you're going to call it. That's called call both ways. But my goodness, there's no consistency, Brian. Don't you agree with that? Yeah, you know, it it was really strange. And I, I kind of thought with, I could not believe how egregious Ben got hit on that, on a handoff. And yeah. I, I know it's RPO, but I mean, on a handoff where, where he just was destroyed and there was nothing given back to him on that one. Claypool might might have dug himself into a little bit of a hole, not just with Steeler fans, not just with the organization, which I think he's going to get out of it. But now... He is looked upon across the league, probably by officials too, where they're going to pigeonhole him as a guy that is uh, going to be a little bit of a problem, and they're they're not going to they're not going to give him benefit of that on stuff like that. You know, for me, I, I think about the again. All I want is consistency with the officiating. That's all I want. I don't want to sit down and watch, let's say, the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots play, and see a play called when maybe. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz gets hit in a certain way. And then that same play happens against the Steelers and it doesn't get called. That's all I want. That's all I want is consistency here, folks. I mean, outside of the spots, I've always hated the spotting in the NFL has always been atrocious in my opinion, but still that's neither here nor there. Well, the fun part is going to be talking about the defensive side of the ball, which we're going to do in part two of this podcast. If you're watching live on Facebook or YouTube, don't go anywhere. We aren't going anywhere. If you're on podcast form, go over to part two. We're going to talk about defense, special teams, coaching e clock management and <laughs> give our final thoughts to so stay tuned we'll be right back <laughs> 